It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 1st, 2021. My name is Philip Rossmark. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic fall once again to the Toronto Raptors, a frustrating defeat with another potentially game or season-changing injury season on a knife's edge. We'll talk about how the Magic are breaking at the seams. We'll talk about all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching Gravity Download Podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the Toronto Raptors' perspective on Sunday's game, as well as a look ahead to Tuesday's rematch? Check out Locked On Raptors, our good friends over there. Get ready for Super Bowl 55 with our pals at Locked On Bucks as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get set to check to take on the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 55 this weekend in Tampa. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college to you, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. These games for the Orlando Magic are starting to follow a an all-too-familiar pattern. Magic get off to a slow start. They struggle to shoot. They get blitzed by strong defensive teams, although maybe not the strongest of defensive teams all the time. And they have to climb their way uphill the rest of the way. It's getting tired. It's getting frustrating. It's getting really, really frustrating. And that frustration has started to bubble up to the surface. We saw it in Friday's loss to the LA Clippers where the Magic, frankly, broke their offense a lot of times. You know, especially Aaron Gordon trying to go at it, go at it alone. Nikola Vucevic has lost a little bit of his touch as he's trying to get things going. Evan Fournier, too, struggling to get things going. Defenses are fluttering the paint and daring the Magic to beat them from the outside. And now that Orlando's hot shooting from last week has dissipated, has gone away, the Magic offense is spinning its wheels. And frankly, this team's defense has not been good enough to make up for that, where the Magic may have had some strong defensive efforts early last season as they struggled to find their offense. This year, that defense is not there. It's been frustrating. And emotions have been let out. Both in Friday's game against the LA Clippers when Nikola Vucevic was seen you know, slamming a, a trash can on the bench as he came out in the first quarter to when he literally ran down an official in the third quarter to pick up a technical foul, upset he didn't get a foul call. Everything is going wrong for the Orlando Magic right now. And that was certainly the case in Sunday's game against the Toronto Raptors. Another double-digit deficit in the first half. More frustration, more visible frustration, and more just 
Best way to say it is, as Stan Van Gundy used to put it, letting go of the rope. Aaron Gordon was at the center of attention in Sunday's game as him and Kyle Lowry got into it again. Perhaps still a bit aggrieved from what happened in the bubble and certainly angry over a potentially dangerous play that, that Kyle Lowry did make on Aaron Gordon. Trying to box him out, he gave him a little bit of a hip check. Um, no doubt about that. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a clean box out. Gave him a bit of a bump and a hip check and bumped him into a player that was standing directly behind, it, behind him even when he wasn't going up for a rebound and nearly hyperextended his knee. Um, Gordon was not happy about it and was slow to get up after the play. As the Magic recovered a turnover, Kyle Lowry came right in front of him and Gordon lowered his shoulder into him to pick up a flagrant foul. Many Magic fans would say that Lowry deserved this because he has made some reckless plays. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that um, I certainly thought the play in the bubble was reckless and unneeded, especially with where both teams were at in the playoff chase and, and, and what they were playing for and where that game was at itself. This play was certainly not the cleanest play in the world. Um, I, I don't think it was as reckless. I think Lowry was legitimately trying to do a chip block, or so it, using a football term. Uh, on a box out, and and Gordon wasn't necessarily paying attention. Uh, neither was Lowry to that to that for that matter. It was not a clean or good box out at all. Um, and there was the potential for injury. Emotions are running a little high for this Magic team, and I don't think it's just about um, just about Kyle Lowry. I don't think it's just about anything else. Uh, this Magic team is legitimately struggling and legitimately trying to find its way and legitimately running out of answers and, and and getting angry with themselves because they expect so much from themselves and what they're able to accomplish. But things did indeed get worse for the Orlando Magic. In the third quarter, as Aaron Gordon was bringing the ball up the court, Toronto put some pressure on him, as frankly they should. And when a defender did try and reach for the ball, Gordon took a bad step and rolled his ankle, but looked to be fairly severely. Uh, Gordon immediately left the game limping off the court, but walking nonetheless. Um, and was done for the night. It is fairly safe to assume that Gordon's probably going to be out uh, for a little while. Um, I know sprained ankles are notoriously difficult to judge just by looking at them. Um, you know, I've, I've, I have really terrible ankles myself. I, I've sprained and rolled my ankle a million times to varying degrees, including breaking my foot one time after, as I rolled my ankle. Um, it's frustrating. And now the Magic are likely down another starter for a little while. But... Throughout the course of the second half, the Magic never made a run. Um, it's not that this team's not fighting. And again, this is... The first half, certainly, I think there was a lot of poor defensive efforts. Uh, and, and that's been something that we've talked a lot about this season. How this team just hasn't been precise with its details and with the game plan and with everything that it's trying to do. We've talked extensively about how the Magic just aren't all on the same page. Um, how everything's just not tied together enough. This Magic team has struggled tremendously um, just to be consistent on something that's supposed to be the backbone of their identity. And I want to talk a little bit more about that later on in the show. The Magic were better in the second half, I have to admit. Um, I, I did not think the Magic played a terrible defensive game at all. When they were able to get their defense set, I, I thought for the most part they held their own, um, especially in the second half. Uh, but the hole was always too deep. Their offense, too inconsistent. Toronto turned 11, 11 turnovers into 22 points. 
Um, they got out in transition. They choked off the paint anytime the Magic got the ball inside the paint. The Raptors were there. You know, essentially five guys in the paint just daring the Magic to shoot and beat them from the perimeter. Beat them off the dribble. Just, you know, crack their defense and, and, and it just wasn't happening. Half of this is certainly Orlando does not have the talent right now to compete um, consistently. Uh, they're an NBA team. They'll find wins somewhere. They're not going to lose every game the rest of the season. But right now, the Magic just are too disorganized. Uh, you know, there are plenty of players who are playing hard and, and doing the right things, but their best players are not showing up. Their best players are perhaps pressing a little too much, feeling the pressure, and, and understanding the, the abyss that they're staring into. And I, I don't think. You know, I'll say this. I don't think Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, or anyone that's bit, that was here for those dark days for the Orlando Magic want to be that team again. They worked really, really hard to get out of that hole. And they don't want to go back to that. You know, I Friday after Friday's loss to the Clippers, Nikola Vucevic sat down um, for the press conference and you know, just kind of gave that that a, a, an exasperated sigh. And, you know, I was, I was at the Magic game, you know, I was on that Zoom press conference, and it just looked like he knows exactly what this feeling is. And he hates it. And everyone on this team hates this feeling. But unfortunately, the solutions are not so simple. Um, the solutions are really difficult. I mean... The answer is simple, and I think Steve Clifford put it really, really well after Friday's game. The answer is simple. The Magic have to play better. If they want to win, they have to play better. It's it's not that complicated. Um, Magic right now are not getting what they need from their best players. They're not getting, I mean, whether it's leadership or whatever you want to call it, they're not getting what they need production-wise from their best players, and the team is suffering for it. This is already a team with an incredibly small margin for error made smaller by the injuries. Um, and they're simply just not playing at the level and intensity that they have to to win games and, and to stay in this playoff race and to avoid a fate that, you know, unfortunately I think a lot of fans are welcoming, but a fate that would certainly be a huge setback for this franchise, even if it does present an opportunity in the draft lottery. The Magic are statistically one of the worst teams in the league. I do want to talk a little bit more about that, but... These two games over the weekend, both Friday and Sunday, showed a team that is struggling to find its way. Struggling to find consistency and struggling even to, you know, compete isn't the right word because they're competing and there are moments where they play hard, but they're not giving themselves a chance to win. And that's the long and short of things right now. The Toronto Raptors defeat the Orlando Magic 115-102 at Emily Arena in Tampa. The Magic will get a second crack at the Toronto Raptors on Tuesday at the Amway Center. We're going to go through the final box score here coming up in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times, in Style Magazine, or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you a little bit more about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring 
and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they are gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're covering everything you need to know about the Orlando Magic, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Let's run through the final box score of Sunday's game, a 115-102 loss for the Orlando Magic. There's not a lot to get to, but still some important things to point out. Um, Nikola Vucevic again struggled from the field 5-for-18. This is after a 3-for-13 game on Friday where he scored only 10 points. Just 15 points, 14 rebounds, 4 assists. Did some good things there. Um, But again, Nikola Vucevic struggling to get himself going. Steve Clifford saying after the game that he does need to do a better job getting Nikola Vucevic uh, the ball in scoring opportunities. Um, Plain and simple, the Magic aren't winning um, if Nikola Vucevic is struggling the way he struggled, the way Evan Fournier struggled, the way he struggled, and certainly um, if Aaron Gordon is going to be out for any extended period of time. Um, In Friday's game against the Clippers, Vucevic was 3-for-13. Evan Fournier was, I believe, three was 4-for-13, and Aaron Gordon was also 3-for-13. So that they're coming off a game where all three of them struggled, and in this game, two of them struggled. Evan Fournier, 11 points, 2-for-12 shooting, 1-for-6 from beyond the yard from beyond the arc. quite sim- I mean, a lot of it was Fournier getting stuck with the ball in bad spots, but also a lot of it was Fournier forcing offense. Um, he struggled with his with his floaters, missed a couple open shots. It, it, yeah. The margin for error is so small. I, I just, I, I can't repeat that enough. The margin for error is incredibly small. The Magic need these guys to play well. Um, you know, I, I give my, I do my grades post every night, every, after every game. Uh, and, you know, I'll give these guys B's in games the Magic lose, and, and quite simply, uh, against quality opponents, you know, which maybe the Raptors are, maybe they're not, but against quality opponents, the Magic need A games, um, or at least B-plus games. They can't be having these guys struggling the way they're struggling. Um, it's it's going to be impossible for the Magic to win if this is how they're going to play. Um, it's going to be impossible for the Magic to win if this is who they're going to be. Uh, Terrence Ross is in the same boat. Four points, one for five shooting. He had 24 points against the, the Clippers on Friday, but uh, again, struggled to sh- shoot, struggled to get himself going. The Raptors did a really good job swarming him and just keeping anyone else from from harming them. Uh, again, the Magic's best moments came when they moved the ball, and I think what we're seeing over the last few games is the Magic are not moving the ball as effectively. They're trying to go at it alone. Um, they're initiating their offense super late, or they're getting stuck in corners. Uh, where they can't get out and the spacing's just terrible. There's no outlet. There's no way to get um, get the offense back working again. So 
Magic, again, that's and that's all organization. When Steve Clifford says organization, that's that's a lot of what he's talking about. The Magic just look very disorganized on both ends. Um, they, they don't know what they're doing. Um, I'll give Cole Anthony credit. Um, he did play a very nice game. 16 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds, 5 for 10 shooting. Um, did you know? I, I Cole Anthony kept fighting. Um, you know, again, he's he's advertised to us as a fighter. He, I, I don't think that's wrong. Um, I, I thought he did a really nice job trying to attack the basket, trying to make things happen. Um, you know, got his shot going, especially in the second half. But um, he's not ready to start. Um, you know, I, I I don't think it's a coincidence that part of the issue is that that Cole Anthony's just not ready to start. Um, the organization of the team is not at a, at a good enough level, and you know maybe honestly some of it is the Magic need to let him organize the team and let him run the team. Um, I think part of the problem is since Markel Fultz's injury to kind of protect Anthony a little bit, the Magic have slowed the pace down a lot. Um, you know I think they're bringing having Anthony bring the ball up. But then he passes it into Aaron Gordon, and Aaron Gordon's the one that's initiating the offense and, and getting everyone organized. And Aaron, and I mean, honestly, this Aaron Gordon point guard experiment, um, it's had some good moments, but it is largely not working. Um, he's not getting the team organized. He knows that. He understands that um, probably better than Cole does. But uh, the team is not getting into its sets quicker. You know, we talk a lot about pace, and it's not about possessions. It's not about fast break points. It's about the speed you get into your offense. And right now, the Magic routinely getting their offense with 14, 13, 12 seconds left on the shot clock. That's essentially no time, especially for a team like the Magic that need the time to get good shots. They're not a team that can just say with eight seconds left on the clock, dump it to you know Kevin Durant or, or, or someone who can break you down one-on-one and get a decent look or, or create some, some movement in the defense to, to open guys up. They have to be in their offense quickly. They have to get the ball moving. And right now, it's A, not getting in quickly, and B, not moving. Um, it's it's a disaster. Um, before Gordon's injury, he was playing a very nice game. 14 points, 4 for 8 shooting, 2 for 5 from beyond the arc, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. Um, I, I think Gordon was being a little selfish in doing what he did to Kyle Lowry. I get that he feels that Lowry tried to injure him. Um, I, I I did not like that move. Um, that was a move of frustration. It's a move of anger. Um, and right now, the Magic need to be composed. Um, again, Gordon did a lot of good work in this game. Um, you know, he was able to hit his shots from the outside, which the Magic desperately needed. Um, Orlando shot 13 to 36 from beyond the arc, so 36.1%. They did, they did fine from beyond the arc, but the Magic could not hit a shot inside the, the, inside the, the lane. Um, they couldn't get into the lane very well. The, the Raptors did a really good job cluttering the paint, and Orlando just couldn't break, crack that egg. Orlando could not get past them at all. Um, Dwayne Bacon with another 13-point effort, 5 for 10 shooting. Um, he's played really well. I mean, say what you want about the Magic's offseason signings, and there's a lot to say. I'm going to say a few things about it coming up here in a moment. Um, Dwayne Bacon's been a really nice addition. He's done he's done a lot of what the Magic have asked of him. They're certainly relying on him too much. He's getting numbers on a bad team, but, you know, plus 7 in this game. I'm not going to complain too much about him. Um, Bacon's been a really nice addition. Uh, he's given the Magic a little bit of a scoring punch that they need. Uh, it's inconsistent, mind you. It's probably better off off the bench. Um, and again, Magic probably shouldn't be relying on him for as much as they are. But um, for what he's doing, the Magic are getting a lot out of him. Orlando shoots 40.2% from the floor. So again, struggling from the field. They do get 23 of 28 fouls. So, you know, Toronto fouled a lot. That's what they do. They foul a lot. They play physical defense. Um, but uh, so Orlando was able to get to the foul line. They kept them in the game. Uh, for or kept the game from being a real blowout. Um, 13 for 36 from beyond the arc. Orlando does have 10 turnovers. 
or it's actually, I think it's finally listed at 11 turnovers. That leads to 22 Toronto points. Toronto took advantage of every mistake Orlando made. Raptors are certainly struggling themselves. I wouldn't call this a great game for the Raptors either. I think they can play a lot better. There's some loose moments defensively. I think their offense was stuck in the mud a little bit too. I thought Orlando did some really nice things defensively for long stretches, but Toronto got back to what they do well, um, and that's defend and defend with physicality and lock down the paint and committed to that. Um, and they got the rewards for it. 30 points from Pascal Siakam, 12 points, 15 assists from Kyle Lowry. They move the ball really, really well. DeAndre Bembry comes off the bench with 12 points. Yuta Watanabe has 11 off the bench. Um, Toronto gets the shots that they need to go down. They shoot 45.6% from the floor, 12 of 39 from beyond the arc, 21 for 22 from the foul line. Um, they turned the ball over 11 times, but Orlando unable to take advantage of all of those. Um, Orlando falls to the Toronto Raptors 115 to 102. Certainly the big question facing the Orlando Magic then is how do they get out of this rut? And honestly, I think the Raptors provide a little bit of a hint of how to do that, um, which the Magic just haven't been able to reach down and grab. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it is Super Bowl week. Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and there's only one place that you can go to get yourself into the game. No, not Raymond James Stadium. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Whether it's the Super Bowl this week, March Madness coming up next month, or the NBA season, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online. They're your online sports book experts. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. That's not just copy that I'm reading, although it is. It's something that I believe wholeheartedly too. It is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, tastes exactly like what it says, and it's the perfect amount to get you through your day and get you uh, get you that little boost you need after a workout or just because it's three o'clock and you're tired and you got to get through the last two, three hours of work. Built Bar is more delicious than ever, coming in 18 amazing flavors like cookies and cream, the one I'm currently eating right now, German chocolate, banana bread, and a whole lot more. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious person so you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, many of them under 150 calories, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. On the Rejecting the Screen podcast feed right now, hosts Adam Stenko and Noah Kozlov are honoring Kobe Bryant's life and career with a two-part special podcast event. Hear stories you haven't heard anywhere else about Kobe from teammates, opponents, coaches, and journalists. Get both parts by subscribing to the Rejecting the Screen podcast feed right after you're done listening to Locked On Magic right here. Jeff Weltman does not like the word culture. Um, you know, Whenever we've kind of brought it up or, or tried to phrase a question using that term, he's pretty much dismissed the term. But it, it is a good shorthand for what he's trying to build and what Steve Clifford is trying to build. To me, culture is about what is the backbone of your organization, the backbone of your franchise, the backbone of your team, the thing that it can rely on at any point in the season or any point of the game, that when everything else is going wrong, 
this is who your team is. Not necessarily about like the stats or what they do on the court, but what they're about. This is vital to any team. So at the end of the day, you're going to get tested to your core. You're going to get tested uh, in a playoff battle um, at a very deep level. And, and especially just even getting through the grind of a regular season. The regular season is a, a marathon of just constant struggle. Um, there's no such thing as an easy season. I mean, you look at some of the championship-level teams, they're thinking about the playoffs. And, and this is all about establishing a base to get ready for that. Um, it's culture is about the expectations you set within your organization and the bare minimum thing it takes to even take the floor. Steve Clifford is a very, very exacting coach. He demands very, very specific things from his team. And, and you know, again, for all the things that we say about Steve Clifford, he has been a success with this organization. Because he's gotten them to believe in a culture. Or got them to believe or buy into a philosophy that has made this team successful. On a small scale, granted, but successful nonetheless. This is a team that struggled to win 30 games per year. It was, you know, a lottery ringer team. A team that really had, uh, had drafted a lot of talent but had no future, it felt like. And turned them into a playoff team. They did this by moving and sharing the ball on offense. But mostly, they did this by being a disciplined, hardworking team. You know, when Weltman brought in Steve Clifford, he said, the one thing everyone says about Steve Clifford teams is they do not beat themselves. They are prepared. They understand the game plan. They play to that game plan. And they do not beat themselves. They don't turn the ball over. They don't give up offensive rebounds. They don't even give up fast break points. They are tough to beat because you have to beat them. And while it feels like that kind of philosophy is limiting, that kind of grind made the Magic successful. Again, small scale, but it got them to the playoffs. It got them into the postseason. At the Magic's very core, this is who the team is. This is what everyone on the team should be striving toward. This is what everyone on the team should be doing. And frankly, the Magic are where they are right now because that's not what they're doing. Because facing, yes, unbelievable adversity, injuries to Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz, two starters, injuries to Chuma Okiki, a promising young player who is part of the rotation, injuries to Michael Carter-Williams, a rotation player, to Al Farouk Aminu, another valuable veteran who would help stabilize this defense. Even through all those massive injuries, the Magic are not playing Orlando Magic basketball. They're not playing Steve Clifford-era basketball. The biggest problems this team face are not the opponents they're facing. It's not the injuries, although that probably would limit what they'd be able to accomplish. The biggest problem this Magic team is facing is they have lost their identity. And the frustrating thing is they all know it. The frustrating thing for this team 
is they know how well they can play. They're angry and upset on the court and showing bad body language because they know they can be better. And they demand that of themselves. But they're trying to fix it all the wrong ways. Trying to fix it by forcing offense, by trying to, by having the stars step up. And the stars do need to step up, but it needs to be within the context of the offense. It needs to be together. And it needs to be on the defensive end. When the Magic have not been good all year, even when they were off to that 6-2 and two start, they were not strong enough defensively. Now, some of that is certainly the pandemic season, and I think Steve Clifford, you know, after the season ends, will probably be willing to admit that his approach and the game plan that he came up for how to prepare for this season did not go well. Um, you know, I, I think this is a season that especially has challenged Steve Clifford, who is a meticulous planner, who likes and wants and needs a full training camp to get everything set in stone, um, needs practices where they can get into contact and, and actually do some work um, instead of managing players to get them through the season. Um, I think that he needs that time to teach. And I think Steve Clifford's missed a lot of his teaching time. And I think that missing all of that has affected the team greatly. I think the Magic as an organization bet on familiarity as their way to get through this pandemic season. I think that they explored the trade market pretty heavily in the offseason, but I think ultimately they found no deals that were going to keep them in the playoff race and, and keep them uh, at the competitive levels that they wanted to be at, as well, as well as accomplishing some of the long-term goals for the roster. And so they made the decision and the gamble that if we bring back the same group, we can cut our learning curve down, we'll have our identity set, and we can race out ahead of everyone and build upon that to have a surprising season. And who knows, if not for the injury to Markel Fultz, maybe that would have been successful. Maybe the Magic would have accomplished all of their goals. Um, who knows? But the bottom line is this, the Magic are not that team. Injuries have depleted this team greatly. And the Magic are struggling to be the team that they know they can be. Not even just from a record standpoint, just from a base level of play. Steve Clifford has said it over and over again that the Magic are not playing with the physicality uh, and doing the dirty work that they were so good at for so long. They're giving up more fast break points this year. They're giving up more points off turnovers. They're turning the ball over a little bit more. They're not defending well at all. They're bottom 10 team in both offensive and defensive rating this year. Their net rating has them as the fourth worst team in the league. This team doesn't want to slip to those levels. This team doesn't want to be that team. In fact, it's perhaps annoying to some people that the Magic have specifically avoided being that team. But that's where they find themselves. And if they keep playing this way, that's where they're going to be the rest of the season. So how do the Magic get back? You know, Maybe the Raptors provided a little clue on Sunday night. The Raptors struggling defensively themselves and struggling to kind of get themselves going, especially because they're essentially playing every game on the road as they make a temporary home in Tampa. The Raptors 
got back to what they're good at defensively. They were physical. They didn't care that they fouled a ton, which Magic have been doing a lot more than they usually do as well. The lack of discipline there certainly setting in. They got back to what they do really, really well. They locked down the paint and they focused on that one thing and made the Magic beat them from the outside. I don't think the Magic are going to go that extreme, but perhaps the Magic need to simplify their defense just to get that feeling back, just to get that attention to detail, saying this is what we're going to focus on tonight. And just build it back up brick by brick by brick by brick. The Magic aren't going anywhere without this identity. And the Magic cannot afford to lose this culture that they built and fall back into the bad habits of the pre-Steve Clifford era. Maybe they can get it all back when they have the time to practice again on next season or at the All-Star break even. Maybe those moments will be the chance the Magic need to reinforce things. Orlando's going to have two days off here after, after Tuesday's game. They'll be off Wednesday and Thursday before they play Friday, Saturday. And then they get a couple more days off before they have to go to Portland to take on the Portland Trailblazers and start a West Coast road trip. Maybe that will be the chance the Magic need to get themselves right, to reinforce these habits, build these habits, frankly, for the first time this season. But what we're witnessing with the Magic and their struggles to get through the season and compete, frankly, is a failure on all sides. A failure that's going to need a reckoning and an accounting throughout the season and as the season becomes cemented in stone. It's not yet. Orlando's still very much in the playoff race and they shouldn't give up on those hopes, but things are admittedly looking bleak. Because even though the Magic got off to a very similar start last year and still made the playoffs, they never looked this bad. Or they never looked this bad this consistently. Orlando's not doing the things they need to do to win. Orlando is not committing to its identity Orlando is not committing to its culture. And if all those things are gone, this team has nothing. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and other my sit-in-law podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this is going to be across the world. See you next time for another episode. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.